This is Westfair Business Buzz from Westfair Communications, publisher of the Westchester County Business Journal. I'm Peter Katz, and I met recently with White Plains Mayor Tom Roach and Planning Commissioner Christopher Gomez at City Hall to discuss developments in White Plains. Mayor Roach talked about developer Martin Ginsburg's conversion of the former Westchester Financial Center at 50 Main Street into a project called City Square. Um, I've always kind of railed about the sterility of the area near the train station. You know, that's basically the urban renewal area at the time. The concept was big roads, get them in and out, get them back to wherever they want to live. No one's going to want to live in cities anymore. Um, and, uh, and of course, now people do want to live in cities again, and we want to uh, improve the pedestrian experience in that area. And part of that is, is highway management, and part of that is uh, providing services at street level. I mean, uh, I've often spoken about when I had an office at 81 Main Street when I wanted a cup of coffee, I had to wait for the Galleria to open. All those office buildings, no coffee shop at the, at the at street level. It just wasn't in a thinking at the time. So the nice thing about the Ginsburg project is he is going to kind of um, uh, go back in time and fix that. And he's going to add dining on Main Street, outdoor dining, restaurants. He's going to close the entrance to the garage from Main Street. Um, you know, those curb cuts are a problem for pedestrians. So so to me, that one's pretty unique. We have a few. I, you know, the old AT&T building, is that project's coming back to life, and uh, and that's you know taking uh, a bunker style you know uh, phone company building, which in my own mind was built that way because they were anticipating what if we get into a little scuffle with Russia or something. I don't know because it's not very welcoming, but they're going to transform it into a nice project, and um, and so that's another interesting one. Um, Down at the train station, Metro North is sinking a lot of money in, into yep. uh, revitalizing that. Um, but the city also has its own property, and, and you've been looking uh, at the possibility of development down there. What, what is happening on that? Right. Concept? So, um, yeah, we worked, we worked hard, and we also, um, we've established ourselves as, as a, a prime location, and I think MTA and, and, the, and the state of New York recognized that our train station needed, needed a lot more than just a, a cosmetic upgrade, which is what they had at first proposed. Um, we are the busiest station, at, the number one destination out of New York City in the morning, and the third busiest station in the whole system. Um, so uh, with Grand Central County in there, obviously number one. So, um, so that is coming along well. We're working closely with them to accelerate that. But right now, what we're um, looking to do is uh, the land that we control at the train station, which is basically the firehouse, uh, the parking garage, the surface lot, and then you cross over Hamilton Avenue and that second surface lot, we put out for an RFP. Um, we got strong responses from very substantial uh, developers. Um, it's in the review process here, um, and, and we're looking forward to great things there. I mean, Chris, you can talk a little about yeah. What, what we're looking at. Yeah, we, we got, uh, again, as the mayor noted, we got some pretty significant responses uh, in uh, response to the RFP the city let out. Um, and I just would add it was following a long 15-month public uh, engagement process. So a lot of the responses we did receive, again, took into account uh, the really strong vision, I would say, of the community uh, as it relates to transit-oriented development and really utilizing those four and a half acres uh, immediately adjacent to uh, the train station there and realistically one of the most uh, sought after development sites in the region 
Um, so again, a lot of the responses that we're reviewing now have taken into consideration all the planning tenants and, and principles. So our next step is internal evaluation of the proposals and, and hopefully moving forward to uh, introduce or rather interview some of the, the respondents. And uh, for you, Chris, and then the same thing for the mayor, how important is redeveloping the White Plains Mall? Now, there was a problem when the developer uh, allowed the site plan approval to lapse, although they claim that it really hasn't lapsed. Uh, but, but how significant is that property in terms of the, the, uh, the idea you have for the cityscape and for the, the transit area? I think it's particularly important. It's, it sort of serves as a keystone, I like to say, in the sense that it's, you know, immediately, you know, on that walk, as the mayor so eloquently uh, discusses the walk from the train station to the downtown, clearly a large sort of super block that was developed after urban renewal. Um, the opportunity there from both redeveloping the existing site and really utilizing both the proximity of the train station and, and again, uh, the link to the rest of the downtown uh, on really all four frontages of the, of the actual block, I think is really important. That's what the approval uh, that just lapsed had, uh, and we're hoping to really gain some public open space and some really active streetscape there to uh, really reclaim what was lost in the urban renewal uh, time. And Mayor, your take, how significant is that site for your vision of the future? Of the well, city? I mean, it's very significant. Uh, as I mentioned on the Ginsburg site, that's important. Uh, the Galleria, important. We have the opportunity to, to rectify um, the conditions that, are, that, that were created during urban renewal. We have a chance to restore an organic feel, um, uh, a, a, a genuinely walkable city, uh, a, a place where people want to take their time. If you, I've often said, if you walk three blocks on Mamaroneck Avenue on a Thursday afternoon in, in May, um, the blocks fly by, right? If you walk the three blocks from the train station up Main Street to get to Mamaroneck Avenue, it's it's uh, it's not an engaging walk. I'll put it. I'll be I'll be uh, gen generous and say that. We have a chance to shift that um, and, and really just make this a nice place to be. People love living in White Plains, and I think every day we work to try and make it better. It's rare that you get this type of opportunity, and it's all coming together for us. So that's an important um, component of that, of that transformation. How vital is that for attracting millennials, for getting empty nesters to stay here rather than move to Florida or North Carolina. Well, you know, I think the culture is shifting. I think part of it is what we're what we're um, we're doing. Um, I think from my when I first came in, we're thinking about you know the corporations want the people they want to hire to want to live here. They want them to want to work here, and it's worked out very well for us. You know, Dan in USA coming in and, and Heineken USA expanding. It's been a, it's been a good thing. But I've kind of moved away from like who are we trying to get into more. Making this just a great place to live, if, it, the work we do to make this a great place to live attracts people. Um, you're going to have people that still want to move to Florida. You're going to have people that when they're ready to retire want to live in a 50 and above uh, uh, type situation. But you're going to have other people that, that see the value in living in a downtown where they never have to get in their car. They, they have all the restaurants they want to, to go to within walking distance. They can walk to a train that puts them in Midtown in 35 minutes. And... Uh, and, and that same, those same things that are attractive to those empty nesters are also attractive to millennials. And, uh, and I think really any age bracket, uh, you're always gonna have people that wanna live on 14 acres in, in a farmhouse, and you're gonna have other people that don't wanna you know, burn a gallon of gas to buy a gallon of milk. And they wanna be where the action is. And they wanna be able to, you know, be able to brag to their friends all the things they did without getting in their car. And um, I think it's good for the environment. And, uh, um, it just makes it more pleasant for all of us who live here, and, uh, and we're seeing the results. 
for years, White Plains had a reputation of, of being a, a place where you have to be really careful in terms of parking. Um, it had a reputation for, some people insist that it drives away shoppers. But how do you overcome something like that? How do you deal with, uh, with negative uh, images of a city, any city? I, I, it's, it's, it's nothing, there's nothing new. Um, I believe that White Plains was, had the first metered parking lot in the United States. Um, I remember as a kid walking up Maranek Avenue with my mother when the meter, uh, at the time they were called meter maids, they're parking enforcement officers now, um, you know, saying, here she comes, run, right? And the, the chalk stick to mark the tire and everything else. The thing of it is we've made it easier and easier for you not to get the ticket. But with the app now, the app reminds you to add time. We only, there's a small fee, but it's, it covers the entire transaction. I was just up in Croton, and, I, and I, I was in the lot, and I had to add time. Every time you add time, you pay that extra fee. We don't do that. As, as we, when you add time, you still pay that original fee. We only charge a dollar an hour in the garages, which is always shocking to people from, from out of town. But I think, historically, the issue is this. A lot of people who come into White Plains are coming from communities that don't have a need to do that. I'm looking out the window at a garage, right? We have to build garages. We have to maintain garages. Um, we have to ensure... A lot of people don't realize it, but you know, I'm a Maranek Avenue, you have an hour limit, because if I run a coffee shop, I can't have the guy that works in the wine store next, next to me park his car in front of my shop and leave it there for eight hours. Um, so you need certain regulations to turn the spaces over. Um, we have made it easier to avoid tickets, but you know, there's always going to be the guy that wants to roll a dice, and uh, you know, the 99 times he comes out and he doesn't have a ticket, he doesn't call me. The time he does, he calls me. But I have, I have a ton of change in my car. When I go into the dry cleaner, I put a nickel in the meter, and I get, uh, I get three minutes, and, I get my, and you get the six-minute grace period. You get a six-minute grace period in the garage and on the street. I don't know anyone else who does that. So um, I think most people, what happens is you get a ticket, and we all, I get them too, not just here, but yeah, believe it or not, tickets are issued in other communities, other countries, other states. Um, you're... you're, there's, you're you're irrationally angry about it because it's usually here. It's twenty-five bucks. In the garages, it's ten bucks. Uh, you because you feel like you didn't really do anything wrong, right? And you didn't. But it's it, if you don't enforce it, you, you lose control of your downtown. If you talk to any planner, and I've been to plenty of seminars and plenty of conferences, um, they'll talk about if you don't control your parking, you lose your downtown. And and it's the opposite of what people say. And so what we've done is the garages are cheaper than the street now, um, which is what it was historically, uh, because you want to encourage people to use the garages. And when you're in a garage, again, if you do go over time, it's only $10. Um, and I tell people, if, it really, if you really have trouble managing the meter, park in a garage, reduce your risk. But um, I can tell you this about the app. I had a prominent, prominent non-White Plains resident who spends a lot of time in White Plains, I won't mention her name, who said to me, that the app has transformed her life <laughs> because it's not just the ability it's not just not getting a ticket it's eliminating the stress of am i getting a ticket um being able to just add time and i use it all i, I use it myself all the time um and so long way around it's a necessary thing that has to happen um we really want you to just follow the rules and uh and really our ticket ticket writing has gone down since i've been mayor the number of tickets issues have gone have gone down um, as because we provided more and more ways to avoid getting them, but we're all, we are, we're all going to get. It happens to you eventually, right? Um, and you just got to deal with it. White Plains has become a bit of a celebrity. Uh, Steven Spielberg shot a movie here. 
uh, television series have been shot here, other movies have, have been shot here. Um, in fact, uh, uh, in uh, The Irishman, um, there are some scenes shot here in White Plains uh, where uh, a neighborhood here is supposed to substitute for a neighborhood in, in Detroit. Do you see that as, as an industry that's going to continue to, uh, to grow here in the city? Yeah, I, I do. I mean, we have established a film office, which is basically just another job for Jill Ionetta, a director of special projects. But um, the relationships that are established, um, the belief in the film industry that we, it's an easy place to work. Um, we, whenever a new film shoot comes in, there's a meeting held in this conference room with the necessary city departments and, and the uh, producers of the film uh, to ensure that they have a smooth process and our residents and visitors have uh, are not inconvenienced so um it, it has resulted in a lot of films coming in here um it has resulted in revenue for the city but also i think revenue for local businesses and local homeowners um we we have a if you if you would like your film you potentially your house to be in a movie or tv show you can submit photos to jill Ionetta. And she will put it in our virtual portfolio. And when they call up and say, we're looking for a 1970s ranch house, we can send them five houses with photos and say, film friendly, they're willing to talk to you. Um, and so that's been effective. Uh, but we've also seen a lot of businesses making money at it. And our own library, um, uh, the school system. And uh, I think most people, when it happens, are excited about it. And they do like to watch films. Now, The Irishman, maybe the one you didn't pick up on is when the car blows up. That was in White Plains. That was on, over by Westmoreland, right next to uh, Cum Laude Construction, uh, which was the old Swackhammer building. So uh, when, when actually when they showed me where they were going to do that, I, I apparently, I showed up on this. Uh, they were at the, the pre-shoot the pre uh, meeting, and I said, have you talked to the guys in this building? And then not yet. I said, stop until you talk to them, because they had invested so much in that Swackhammer building, and it was meant so much to me that they we were keeping that building in the city because it almost was knocked down for another storage facility. And, you know, we changed the zoning and everything. And here we had someone who came in, invested in the community, and I don't want any hard feelings or any negativity around it. So they went, they met, everything was good. And um, I have a raw, I have some raw footage of that explosion. And when the car blows up, you hear someone say, oh, that was awesome. And it was the building <laughs> owner. So we, he became like a champion of the film. Instead of, so that's the kind of thing that we, we work on. We want to make sure that um, the people impacted by the film feel benefited by the film. Uh, Chris, when developers come in uh, to first propose a, a plan, what do they tell you they are looking for uh, in terms of city response? And New Rochelle, for example, has promised developers, you'll get your approval in, in 60 days or 90 days just follow the outline that we have set. Uh, what do developers want from White Plains and what are you able to do for them? Well, I mean, I think it's a case-by-case -case basis, right? So depending on the type of development, the scale of development, uh, you know, we do have a very strong zoning code that sort of sets the parameters uh, for both timing, depending on what sort of approval it may be. Um, we do require, for the very large projects, a certain level of environmental review pursuant to the state requirements. Um, a little bit different than New Rochelle's model, uh, only in the sense that, um, you know, the city of New Rochelle, I know, owns a lot of the land that's being redeveloped. Um, pretty much everything we're seeing is, again, on uh, privately owned land or land that is either, you know, surface parking, you know, kind of greenfield development or infill development. So 
again, depending on the project, the infrastructure can support that uh, new intensity of use. Uh, you know, we can give a ballpark figure of what the timing will be. Um, but again, they, I mean, every developer wants it to be tomorrow. Um, and we work as well as we can to, you know, make sure that we're going through all our, uh, you know, zoning code and, and making sure our boards and relevant commissions are uh, in conjunction, you know, working together to provide the best product for the city of White Plains. Way back when, uh, there was a mayor named Alfred Del Vecchio, and one of his famous sayings was, you have to talk to the neighborhoods. That would be one of the first things he said. How important uh, is that for a developer, to talk to neighborhoods? And what kind of relationship does City Hall have with the various neighborhoods when developers come in? Do you find people alarmed? Do you find people want to work? Uh, is it cooperative? Um, collegial to to a T I would say the developers that we work with are always very eager you know give, give us the contact information we'd love to meet with the neighborhood I know the mayor and the Common Council are always recommending such uh, even before you get to the point of submitting an application you know, even having an information session this is what we're planning on doing uh, let's sort of take your temperature uh, I know I for one and the mayor obviously attend a lot of the neighborhood association meetings um, so we're always kind of keeping uh, the neighbor in the loop or uh, and the developers are abreast of sort of any of the concerns up front. Uh, that doesn't always mean there aren't, you know, certain applications that, you know, become a little bit more uh, contentious uh, for various reasons. But I think the good faith effort is always there. And certainly when they walk in with the initial proposal, the recommendation is clearly to uh, engage the community. You know, we're a city of neighborhoods um, and it's great. We have really strong kind of grassroots support uh, for that as well. So, yes, they are definitely aware and they are told that the neighborhoods uh, are weighing in. There have been uh, some, some. There's been some talk about the uh, Galleria, uh, about uh, a major um, refurbishing or repositioning of that. Uh, is, is, has anything been submitted uh, on that, or is anything moving? No formal direction? submittal. Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, there's nothing formal yet, but I think we're getting close to when it will be more formal. Mm -hmm. um, there is there is uh, great interest in the site. And there is a, uh, you know, uh, I think that the, the intent would be to transform it and positively. I mean, the Galleria, when it was built, served a function, was popular, but uh, it's a mega block. It's just dropped in the city. And if you look at it today, it's, you know, that's one of those buildings that's pretty much always been successful on the inside, but it, it's never been successful on the outside. Some, some people call it a battleship. Actually. Yeah, and, and I call it the Great Wall of Galleria. When you walk up Main Street, it just never ends. And then when you turn onto Court Street, it continues. And, you know, you can look on Court Street, and that's the one, one of the few areas in the city where we have persistent vacancies. Come, you know, stores come and go, and um, it's because only half the team is on the field. When you take a whole side of a block and make it a blank wall, which is what Macy's is, um, you don't get the... The, the kind of uh, the, set, the the true organic nature of a street where I, I run into CVS to get a, a toothbrush and then I grab my lunch next door or I see, you know, get my cell phone fixed. Whatever you're up to, everyone's being helped by the presence of the other merchants. When you take half of the game out, um, you have a problem. And so uh, we're, we're hopeful of um, that, that mall opening up a lot. Um, becoming brighter, but also the feeling that when you're at the library and you know you want to go to um, 
what will someday be not the White Plains Mall. Right now, you probably don't want to go to the White Plains Mall. Um, uh, I guess you could still go pick up your glasses, go, I think. Get I can get license plates. Yeah, true, <laughs> true. You can go get your license plates. Um, but right now, it's just not a pleasant, it's not pleasant. Uh, you know, the, even the sidewalk goes through the tunnel. Um, I think that we have a real opportunity again to transform the city. It's not just about bringing new people in. It's about changing the city for the better the, for the people who are here. That's what these projects are doing. Um, and that's, a, that's, that's a, a spot that I think may have the biggest impact out of all of them. And White Plains Hospital, um, that is in an expansion, it's been in an expansion mode for several years now, uh, and that, that is continuing. Uh, what does that do in terms of positioning White Plains as a healthcare center? I mean, it's, it's, it, it's, hard, it's hard to overstate that. It is tremendous. It is by far our biggest employer. It's a very well-run facility. We work together with them on, on, on things all the time, from community events to making sure that they function well as a, uh, as a hospital. You know, if you, if you ever have to go to a hospital in New York City, you'll know that they're like hodgepodges because they start out as like a three-story building and then they keep expanding and they have to expand around whatever's there and they become, I, I remember having to do something at, uh, at Mount Sinai and they just said, follow the blue line. I went down into the basement and there was like all these lines painted on the tile and you get your color and you just follow it and it's the best way to do it. And it, it's not because they're not running a good operation, it's because over time they've had to add on. When I, when I had cancer, when I was actually in the hospital at White Plains, I, looking out my window, I occupied myself. I figured out which sections were built when and how they fit together. So you, in order for them to thrive and survive, we need to work with them um, to, to help them work within that footprint within the center of our city. It's not like Westchester Medical Center in Grasslands, which has space. So um, we work very closely with them, and I think they add... Um, so much to our community. It's not just the, the jobs. It's, it's really about the, the quality of medical care there, the level of medical care, the cardiac cath labs. You know, if you have a heart attack, they can get a stent in you within an hour. Um, that's the kind of thing that makes it, you know, you don't think about it every day, but could save your life. And uh, so having that level of service in our community is tremendous. I also think hospitals in general, I refer to New York City again, they create an energy of their own around the hospital. And we're working now um, to improve that area, um, to have that energy there as well, you know, where there's always people on the street coming and going and, work, you know, the employees, visitors and everything like that. Um, I think it's, uh, it's a real opportunity to work with them again um, to benefit the community. And lastly, how do you sum up what you've seen during your lifetime here in White Plains? I guess lifetime. No, I was born here, and, and, uh, but I grew up up county. I was here all the time as a kid. My family uh, goes back here. My kids are the fifth generation to live here. So I'm very, I, I shopped in Alexander's. We referred to that mall as Alexander's earlier. Um, I still refer to it as Alexander's. Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember as a little kid with my brothers, my mom just had those tables of shirts, and she'd be like, small, medium, large, boom. And, uh, you know, Macy's was for the rich people. We were, you know. So, so, uh, so you know, how do you view the changes you've seen, and, and what would Roach like to see? For so the you look around this room, and you can see White Plains through the ages. There's a picture here of, of, of the street full of horses and wagons. When people say this used to be a sleepy village, they're not telling you the truth. This has been the hub forever. Uh, all roads do lead to White Plains. It's, we have no waterfront, and yet we are thriving and booming because 
the, not only do the highways come here, but so does the transit. Um, and so to remain a success, you cannot take 1940 and put it in amber and expect to leave everything as it is and won't we all be happy because, you know, people seem to forget when I, my law office was at the bar building, everything was shutting down on Marinick Avenue. Um, this is when the Macy's closed, um, the, then it came down to Parkside Deli, and then that closed. And I said, now where do I get my lunch? You know, which was hitting me personally. Um, it, was, it was tough. And what happens is if you don't move with the time, you will be left behind. And, and there are a lot of examples in New York State. There are a lot of examples in our area. And um, I think that White Plains has been successful because I think we've had a history of good leadership throughout the history of the city, and the city has moved with the times. You know, there was a time when um, you came from all over the region to come uh, shopping in White Plains. Right before the start of the school year, uh, you, you know, your mom put you in the car, brought you to White Plains. And it wasn't just for the myriad of department stores, B. Altman, there's all these stores, you know, that kid, kids don't even know about, Saks Fifth Avenue. That, not that we were shopping there, but I did see it. I thought B. Altman said Batman when I was learning to read. I thought it was cool. But, but uh, it was also just walking up Marinick Avenue. Like, I can remember, you know, if they didn't have the shoes at Tom McCann, then you could walk to Buster Brown. And, and now how many shoe stores are there on Marinick Avenue? None. There's one, and it's a fancy sneaker store because, you, you know, the Internet is, has arrived. I was at a meeting, and someone said, I know, I know the internet. As if, I, well, yeah, the internet. It has transformed shopping. If you decide, no, we want to retain, retain just all retail, you're, you're gone. So um, we need to be agile. We need to move with the times. We need to see the future. And we need to uh, channel the, the energy that is coming into our city for the benefit of the residents. And that's what I have worked on from the day I got here. Now, on a particular project, you're going to have people that it impacts them personally. And so therefore, you know, everything is not good and I get it. Um, there's a line in Gone with the Wind where, where uh, Tara, uh, uh, Scarlett's father says, you know, she says, oh, who cares about Tara? And he says, the land, it's the land, Katie Scarlett. It's something like, it's the only thing that matters. It's the only thing that lasts, right? Um, and, and so people feel viscerally connected to where they live and I get it. And so we always try and work with them. I mean, I have never turned down an appearance at a, at a neighborhood association. We have several neighborhood associations that come in here on a regular basis to meet on issues. Um, so we consider all that. But if, when people say they want it to stay the way it was, then you won't have a city because you will have a vacant Marinick Avenue from end to end. So what you're seeing now is more restaurants. Um, you're seeing more um, experiential retail and, and that's for a reason. You can't go out to dinner online. Um, and, and I think what I see for the future is um, not just a successful com community in terms of the economy, but a city that truly lives together. That's what I think has always separated White Plains from other communities. We live together. We go to school together. We play together. We work together. And as, as we enter into new uh, a new era, we have to be vigilant in maintaining that. That's why we're doing so many um, community events. We've pretty much trans transformed Court Street into a, an event space just to keep people together, having fun together, enjoying each other's holidays and, and, and listening to music and just sharing in how great it is to live here. 
Um, so to me, that's number one. Um, and everything is so connected. If you don't move forward, it's it's like in Annie Hall when Woody Allen says, a relationship is like a shark. If it doesn't move forward, it dies, right? It's like if a city doesn't move forward, it dies. And if you want to find examples, I'll take you on a tour. Um, it, it is not the case here, and it's not to my credit or Chris's credit or to this council's credit entirely, right? We're doing our part, but it has been the way the city has been managed since, since it became a city, I think. They've always been looking for the next thing. And then we get here and say, oh, urban renewal, it's a problem, we got to fix it. But at the time they did it, 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 it made sense for them at the time. And uh, um, so I think that's people have to bear in mind. I, that's why in this conference we have these pictures of White Plains through the years, because you will see um, it's always been hopping. And the way it's hopping is going to change, but the hop can't go away or we're all going to suffer for it. Join us again for West Fair Business Buzz.